0: Hey,
1: Training for Manhood listeners, we're adding a new component to Training for Manhood as part of our desire to get men to read good books. We're going to be recommending a book each quarter and then reading and discussing that book with a small group of guys. The first book is Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. Go ahead and get the book, read it, and then every Friday morning in the month of August, we'll be releasing a special T4M episode discussing a portion of Wild at Heart. The plan is to read and discuss four books this year. The next one will be The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller, and we'll read and discuss that one on the Fridays in October. So for now, get wild at heart and look for those special Friday episodes of Training for Manhood coming every Friday in August. Now back to our regular T4M episode. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. I've got um, a longtime friend who's a lot older than, um, than he looks and sounds. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a compliment. It is, it is. Um, uh, but gee. Rick Briscoe, um, you've been uh, on staff uh, at the church that I go to, um, and I've, I've watched you over the years because I uh, got to see your kids grow up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's just uh, my son heard you speak. Um, and you, you were telling me it was a Father's yeah. Day thing. Yeah, at the North kinda, Campus. Yeah, you kind of dropped a little thing about kind of your background and your mm-hmm, upbringing. Mm-hmm. And he thought it was interesting. And I don't really even know. Mm-hmm. And I said, Rick, don't don't tell me.
2: Have I got a story for you? Because cause yeah. I want to
1: hear it for the first time yeah. as you share with our um, men out there who are listening, mm-hmm. um, your story, and then we're going to take something from it. So, yeah. uh, Rick, just give us a little bit of background, wow. by the way, bio, you know, biographical, okay. kind of yeah. like tell us who you
2: are. And... Absolutely. Well, Dan, thanks for the uh, invitation you to bet. be here. And it's encouraging to know that there are men listening and want to be better men. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate your uh, calling, really, and the way you sense the Lord uh, bringing this podcast to all of us. To help us, you know, guys, we sometimes don't like to think too deeply, right. you know, and yeah. go back too far. And uh, but I think it's important, you know, to go back and and just to see. I always say it's it's never easy to dig up, you know, the old stories, but it's definitely easy to give God, who is the healer and the uh, restorer, uh, to give Him the glory and the mm. praise that He's due. And so, yeah, I'm I'm so excited to be here. Yep, been at Prestonwood. Thirty years. <laughs> Where's my cane? You know. Yeah, thirty years ago. 30
1: years. Um, that's a that's a good long run. It is.
2: That is. You awesome. know. Well, we've seen God do some amazing things through our church yes. and school. I mean, yes. it's just. It's miraculous, really, when yeah. you think about it. But yeah, so our daughter Bethany was four years old when mm. we came on staff, and I can't say her age now. That's right. If you just do the math, thirty, you know, years. <laughs> uh, she's uh, married uh, to Tyler Tony, and they have um, three beautiful boys. Oh. Uh, so yeah, the, the Tony Bo- clan. boy mom. She's a boy mom, a boy and, mom. And, and loves it.
1: And she's a great boy mom. Yeah. All that pageant training <laughs> yeah. is what It's out the her. window, man. <laughs> they don't give a rip about... That's actually what I... It's funny. When she was here, uh-huh. I got to work with her on some of that to yeah. kind of help her I remember. train her for the Q&A part. I mean, yep. it's just such... Uh, not only a beautiful young woman uh, oh, on the outside, you. but yeah. a beautiful young w- woman on the inside. Just we love think so. love love.
2: Bethany, she makes so. a great mom and, a, yeah. and a, just a great wife, and uh, and she loves Jesus. And what more could we ask that's for? Right. You know, Amen. Our son Brandon, uh, he was uh, let's see, when we came to Preston, what he was eighteen months old. So we had two young children. He's now a dad of four children, two beautiful little girls and two boys, married to Karis. And he is the high school pastor at the Village Church Flower Mound. so cool. Yeah, right here in the Metroplex and uh, still, you know, worked with students. Oh, he was crazy. He's still a little crazy, you know, (laughs) the redheaded guy, you know. Oh, yeah, man, there are some PCA stories we could reflect, but no, let's don't go not. down that That's road. Right? That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah Statue of Limitations hasn't run on some of <laughs> yeah. that stuff, so just leave that alone.
1: Yeah, but over these he 30 years— He had a year, good time.
2: He did have he a good, a good time. time, and fond memories, yeah. and you know all the things that PCA brings to families, really, not just the students, but to— In fact, as I was walking across from the church to the school today, mm-hmm. I thought, man, you know what great memories— yeah. As a family, we have, uh, you know, because when you're on the football field, watching games, doing the thing, uh, you get to know other families and other parents that are you know living in the same season you're in, yeah. and so like we, a little community. We miss that yeah. you know in a way, but yeah, then God changes your seasons and you find community in other places. but right. yeah, so uh, my story yes. it's uh, so here's the deal. So on Father's Day, I led worship at our North Campus. Okay. I rotate up there occasionally, right. and uh, so I was there on Father's Day, and no one had said anything about, you know, Happy Father's Day mm-hmm. publicly to the to the men in the room, and so before one of the songs I was setting up to lead in worship, I just said, you know, hey, hey guys, Happy Father's Day. You know, I'm a dad. I'm a granddad. Um, you know, it's so good to be honored on this special day and feel the love and and it was like the Lord just sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, take it another—take it one more step. And, and I, so I just said—but just keeping it real this morning, i just got to tell you, my dad and I didn't have the best relationship. Of course, you could have heard a pin drop. I was yeah. like, where is this guy Where's going? going you know. Yeah. And I just Get said, but, song, I, Rick. <laughs> but I am thankful. For and I said this, I'm thankful for the spiritual fathers, you know, in my life, the coaches, the the choir teachers, the band leaders, the student pastors, yeah. that walked alongside me, had those hard conversations, and uh, encouraged me, and really taught me, kind of like you, Dan, with young men now, how to be a man, yeah. how to stand up, and how to how to live for Jesus in a culture that, uh, you know, manhood is seems to be in some ways weakening. Uh, so thank you for your invitation to be here today yeah so
1: so tell us about that journey
2: okay well my mom and dad were Mm -hmm. high school sweethearts Mm -hmm. and they were the they grew up in the 50s so if you think of the show happy days if anybody still remembers that television sitcom i watched it okay yeah so uh (laughs) it's funny you know people think it was in fact bethany says you know yeah that film that that show was filmed back then i went No, it was filmed in the 70s and 80s. Come on. But it was about the 50s. And it was a fun, you know, decade of high school sock hops and the whole thing. Mm And um, so my parents grew up in that era. And uh, my mom was the cheerleader, the beautiful uh, leader on campus. Mm -hmm. My dad was athletic. He played football. They were the, you know, they were the storybook couple, you yeah. know, dated in high school. Then my dad signed up for the military, which a lot of guys back in the day, you know, did. Right. He didn't go to college, but he um, stepped into the uh, career of Army, military service. And uh, my parents married very, very young. And uh, my dad left and went overseas um, and left my mom alone living with uh, her her parents, her yeah. her mother. And uh, little did they know, but there was a little baby on the way, and that was me. Uh, so they um, got pregnant before my dad left. And so really, in some ways, it was like kids raising kids. Yeah. You know, my parents were so young and, um, you know, had had so much going for them. But uh, my dad had a demon, and that was um, addiction. Uh, he had an alcohol problem, and I think he had it probably when he was in high school, just putting pieces together but um and then all that he experienced in vietnam and and such really kind of um i think just catapulted that that uh illness you know in his life yeah and of course um you know that kind of addiction you don't just carry it alone but it affects everybody sure and not only your family but your coworkers and you know the the list goes on and on and on so my dad um, struggled, and I think just looking back, you know, I wasn't around, of course, when my dad was growing up as a boy. But my dad was raised by a single mom. Mm. Um, there was infidelity in in their family, and uh, a lot of pain and suffering. Uh, quite honestly, a, a lot of neglect. My dad kind of raised himself and um, found himself, you know, hanging out with my mom and her mom and. So my grandmother on my mother's side kind of helped raise my dad. So it was just kind of a not the healthiest situation, right. you know, gr- growing right. up. Um, so and I say all that to say that I, I just believe that anytime there's there's baggage or issues in our lives as adults, typically, you know, you can point it back to what you experienced as a child, mm-hmm. and taking it one step further. What your relationship was like with your dad? Right. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of lot of connection with that. Yes. I'm not saying that's the complete story, but um, so yeah, my my dad, you know, didn't have the greatest opportunity to live a healthy adult life, and uh, then of course took my mom as his wife and had a baby and had another baby, and and so they decided uh, early in their marriage that my dad would step out of the military. Mm-hmm. I think just to kind of save his home and family. There was so much turmoil and abuse, both physically and verbally, that uh, took place. We lived on several army bases as a little kid. I remember Mm -hmm. traveling around like a lot of military families do. And, you know, my earliest memories were shouting, yelling. I'd go to sleep, you know, many night hearing my parents arguing. And, um, And I even knew probably back in my, you know, gosh, six, seven, eight years old, um, that, you know, this, this wasn't the best way to grow up. Um, so we moved from uh, the Army base, my brother and I, mom and dad, and we moved to my dad's um, hometown in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And my parents rented a house. And some of my greatest memories as a kid was at this location. They rented a house on this incredible horse farm. And, uh, you know, who gets to do that? And the the landowners of the farm said we could have full run of the property and climb trees and, you know, hang out in the barn and do Mm -hmm. the thing. And so, yeah, some of my greatest, fondest memories as a little boy was um, just, you know, hanging out in the outdoors. My dad loved to be outside. He loved camping. He loved, you know, the great outdoors when he was sober. But when he was drinking it was a different story altogether. And uh, there, like I said, there's a verbal abuse. um, A lot of, um, you know, we were disciplined and very harshly. I'll just say that. Um, And then, you know, once he sobered up, he would, he would try to apologize and say, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that, you know, or I didn't mean to hit that hard. I mean, he, he knew that, you know, he was being controlled by something. Uh, So Long story short, I think uh, my mom basically feared for our safety and kind of had enough. And so she left my dad. You know, She packed, packed us up, the boys, and we drove from Ohio down to Arkansas, where my mom uh, and dad lived, actually, uh, when they were in high school. And we moved back in with my grandmother, my mom's mom, in a little four-room house and uh you know, my mom just de- determined I'm just going to start over my mom, you looking back, she wasn't even thirty years old, you know, which is crazy Cra- I mean I when I was eight, she yeah. seemed really old, you know yeah. <laughs> but she was she was young, and so was my dad uh but they were already That's facing a pretty brave step for a yeah. young, for a young woman with two kids, yeah, she take. just said Ooh. I've had enough, you know, I've yeah. had enough of the abuse the verbal the the physical hmm. um you I know, cannot
1: imagine yeah,
2: so she she packed us up and and I remember feeling a relief, you know, even at that moment. It was like – because I had I, – I loved my dad, and I knew he loved me, but, but I feared him. Yeah. Like there was a – there was almost a fear of the rage, you okay. know.
1: Not the healthy kind of fear. No. Un-
2: yeah, not a healthy kind. Of, and so yeah. when, when, when they said, you know, hey, we're, we're not going to be married anymore, um, I felt a sense of release, mm-hmm. almost like a relief. And, uh, but I didn't realize that, you know, as an eight year old boy, that the void that was going to be in my heart, you know, not having Absolutely. a dad, yeah. uh, you know, uh, up close and personal, yeah. you know, there was going to be even more, you know, baggage, uh, that arrives and, you know, comes up. But I you, think the script, go ahead. I was going
1: to say, but you said some, that God brought some men in your life. Oh, let me just tell boy. you. Well, Wow. And and that's it's interesting because a lot of what I talk about on training for manhood uh-huh. is, you know, tarted, targeted targeted kinda of to that younger guy. Yeah. But for the older guy, it is always the um you don't you don't just have to be raising your biological children. You can be raising your spiritual Let me children. Just tell you. you need to go out and coach a team and you need Absolutely. to be out and, you know mentor and disciple other people. Yes. So this is a great opportunity. For for a guy to be listening to this, saying, "Okay, so what could I do?" What, yeah, what could yeah, I do? What could there's I obviously do. some men that that did that and stepped up and, and provided, um, you know, that um, alternative. Yeah. unfortunately, to your to your dad, but yeah, it turned out to be something positive for you. There's been a lot of guys, and I've talked about it you mm-hmm. know, on the podcast. A lot of men. Um, that have come alongside me as well. That's right. Um, I've got a spiritual father who's in Austin, who's not my biological father. Right. um, And he stepped in. And then Mike Fetchner, who's a good friend of both of ours. Absolutely. Um, And he's he's at home in heaven, got there a little bit before we did. Yes, he is. Um, But God brought him along, even though I didn't want him to be. But he uh, became kind of a father figure for me He was for me, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, he sure was. Yeah. So, yeah, talk about
2: that. Absolutely. Well, you know, right after my parents' divorce— my mother, we, we were raised as Catholics, uh, my, bro- my brother and I, okay. and my mother um, converted to Catholicism when um, she married my dad, who came from a long lineage of Catholic um, be- uh, believers. And uh, so I, as a young child, I had this fear of my father and a fear of God. I had a holy fear of God, mm-hmm. you know, I, I respect in a way. Um, I, I served as an altar boy, you know, back in the day. And, um, in fact, my dad's mother, uh, was completely convinced I would spend my life in full-time priesthood, you know? <laughs> and you know what, Close. looking back, maybe, you know, maybe she sensed something in her heart, even yeah. when I was a kid that, you know, God might do something unique in my life, uh, which he has. But anyway, um, I was invited right after my parents' divorce, I was invited to a preteen camp. Uh, from a local church. It was mm-hmm. a Baptist church there in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I remember at the end of that week, it was a hot summer in Arkansas, kind of like we're having in Texas right now. And I heard whoever the pastor was that was preaching, preaching and bringing the message, he explained about um, Jesus being the intercessor.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was the first time it, in my heart I saw God, he went from black and white to very distant to very, you know, bright color and relational. You know, that the relationship through Jesus is the way I get to God. And, you know, it was just I heard the gospel, honestly, for the very first time. And as a little kid, it just rang true in my heart. I accepted Jesus. So talking about spiritual fathers, I think at that moment, um, spiritually speaking, God became my Abba Father. Amen. You know, Jesus That's stepped, the one you ultimately... Need. He stepped in, man. <laughs> he stepped into my heart. And yes. like I said, it was like The Wizard of Oz, you know, where the film goes from black and white to color. It, it's like everything that seemed to not have a meaning to me all of a sudden did.
1: Yeah. And um, It's it's hard to explain it to is. somebody who, who has not had a life transformation but yeah. I, I think you're doing a good job right it's, well, you know, and we've seen movies like that it's gone from black and white to it, color yeah. and you go what does that look like and it's like you you don't understand uh-uh. being connected to the one who created you who created understanding you. what your purpose is absolutely and, and all of a sudden like you know yeah I, I don't have to do life on my own i don't have to figure it out on my own right. i literally have the designer who now walks with me preach brother and, and i and love just, it and says hey and absolutely Rick, i made you for something yeah. special and you're like this is incredible. Yeah. So th- yeah, that's an, incre- plus the, the idea of um, the weight of your sin being removed from your shoulders. Yes. That's I, a big one. That's right, That's a there. huge one. Yeah. That's just,
2: well, uh... I think we spend our lives. A lot of people spend their whole life, you know, trying to earn God's love mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, work hard for God and, and gosh, we all know that at the end of the day, if that's your motivation, yeah. you're never going to accomplish. Yeah. And
1: then God you know? becomes a taskmaster. Master, yeah, right. And, and, yeah. and you know that relationship never mm-hmm. moves on between you know employee or employee. Almost, right. And that's that's all you get. And there's a huge difference between father and son. Right. Right. And boss. That's exactly. it. And it just yeah is, yeah like light, light years difference. Yeah. But
2: I tell you, Jesus with skin on, Jesus became my savior mm-hmm. and my Abba Father. Um, but the men that I think about in my life, back in my junior high years, mm-hmm. my high school years, certainly student pastors, um, I got plugged into a church. Obviously, uh, my parents weren't faithful churchgoers. Uh, my my mother and her new husband, I should say, uh, my stepdad, who uh, in his way stepped into my life sure. um, and fathered me. Um, and I kind of resisted that when I look back. I, I didn't want him to father me. You know, he wasn't my dad. Uh, so it created a little tension even in that relationship. Yeah, we could have a on. whole podcast on that. On the step-parent.
1: The step-parent. Parent. And how difficult that is and what that role looks like. Yeah. yeah.
2: And in some ways, just, just a little side road. But um, I, I kind of held my stepdad at a distance because he stole my mom. From me, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. you know, you're, every young boy loves their mom, and, yeah. and uh, you know, all of a sudden, my mom wasn't readily available like she used to be, because she had a new love in her life and all that. So yeah, I kind of held that against him a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've worked all that out since then, yeah. but but anyway, so yeah, youth pastors. Um, I was in a youth choir and kind of discovered that, man, you know, I love to sing, I love to make music, um, and there were godly men that uh, came alongside me and ministered to me and fathered me. And like I mentioned earlier, had hard conversations that, you know, were saying, hey, you know, you're, I see you doing this, or I see you saying this. You may want to consider this this way. And so um, I don't know if they they felt in their own mind that they were fathering me, but they were just stepping into my life and being obedient to, uh, you know, in a hard kind of way, loving me. And so, yeah, junior high, high school, uh, cannot say enough about, I could name the guys right now, you know, that, that, um, stepped into my life and I'll always be indebted to them. And then, then the college years, you know, I was set free from my mother and stepdad and could live my life the way I wanted to. And, no, you know what I'm saying. It's when in you go a small,
1: to in a small town in Arkansas. When you go to college, <laughs> man, it's like
2: okay. But you know, I, even in college, I was thankful for the the foundation yeah. uh, that God had built in, and was building in me spiritually. Um, you know, I don't know that Satan has. You know, he certainly can't look into the future, mm-hmm. but in some ways, I do believe that you know without Christ in my life and, and out without the mentors that walked alongside me, I would have been an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. I'm almost 61, yeah. uh, next month. And I'm just telling you, I would not be the man that I am.
1: Well, I, w- I was thinking that those two particular things that you brought up yep. One, alcoholism. Yep. Um, so many young people who grow up with a parent who struggles with alcohol, yeah. um, Understand that it's it's bad, it's terrible. They have awful stories. Yeah, but they often fall into it as well. Absolutely, because it's it's the only thing that they've seen. Right, they, they've seen. That What's that's your co? A, it's right. the coping mechanism. And that's, mechanism. How, that's right. That's, that's what I've seen. Even though I hate it. Yes, it's like I don't know another way of doing life Mm-mm. because I haven't seen another way of doing life. Right. So that's that's one of the things that I thought. Mm-hmm. Right, and then uh, divorce. Yeah. Right. So many children of divorce. Right. One of my favorite books is called um, "The Effects of Divorce on Children." Um, it's called "Between Between Two Worlds: The Inner Lives of Children of Divorce." Yeah. And it just it deals with that that reality and that struggle mm-hmm. that as a as a child growing up in a divorced home. Right. You learn certain tools um, and ways to cope with life. Yeah. That when you get older and get married, those particular tools that um, you know that shield that you've put to protect mm-hmm. yourself. Um, prohibits you from actually establishing a good relationship and trusting now your loved
2: one. That's right.
1: And it and it just right it's so often children of divorce end up getting divorced. Right. Right. And I mean for girls I think it's it's something like sixty five, seventy percent of girls growing up in divorce families. And for boys it's just slightly lower. Yeah. But that that whole thing and, and that, right, hasn't been something that has been yeah. you know duplicated in your life. Right. And I think a lot of that is because of the you know, not only your relationship with the Lord, yeah. but a lot of those men who have come along to help you and steer you in a different direction. Right. No, there's no doubt about it.
2: And I tell you, you know, there's another hero in my life, and that's my wife. Mm. I mean, Barbie. We met in high school, so she knew me back in the day. And and our love, you know, blossomed then. I, yeah. I guess you'd say if you want to call it love. We thought it was. Yeah. And uh, And then off and on, you know, relationships breaking up and back together and going together and all that. All through college, we went to college together too. And then I finally realized wait a minute, God has created this woman to be my wife Mm. and to be my partner for life. And she felt the same way. And so we married way back in 85. And, um, but I'm saying all that to say that, you know, because of my background, because of the, let's just say, baggage, I guess, um, she was another way God provided healing and hope. Uh, for me was that she called things out in me you know I remember when the kids were real little I was very passive about um, discipline because in my in my mind uh, you know disciplinary acts spanking and whatnot I know we have different opinions on all that but in my mind it was abuse right and so I just withdrew from that and she ended up being kind of the heavy early on in our kids lives and and we had a hard conversation she sat me down and said hey you know this isn't the way God designed yeah. family. It's hard for me to be the nurturer and, and the disciplinarian. The, the, yeah. <laughs> and I so, need some help here, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my kids are like, man, Dad's like, he's on us all the time now, you know? <laughs> so it, it did flip. Yeah. But but anyway, I'm just saying that to say that, you know, who you take on as a spouse, yes. who 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 God brings into your life is part of the story. Yes. I mean, it's in the healing and the restoration. So... Uh yeah, I'm thankful to my wife and and to her family. Her her dad, honestly, my father-in-law, who's now in heaven, mm-hmm. uh taught me what sacrificial love looked like. Mm. Um and loving for free looked like. And so I'm uh and he should he showed me how to be a granddad That's too because awesome. he loved, you know, his grandkids and so I'm sort of uh, mirroring some of the stuff that I saw in him, yeah. you know. But yeah. But anyway, um I would just say, looking back over my life, um, I don't. You know, it's 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 difficult sometimes mm-hmm. to kind of go back into these places and to dig up. Painful. You know, it's painful. Yep. Yeah. And I. And, you know, and there's a lot of detail I'm not even talking about here today. Maybe this is another podcast for us. But, um, but it's always easy to to look to Christ and say. Praise be to the Lord yes. because what He's done in my life and what He continues to do. Um, I mentioned my age earlier. I mean, I'm getting there, uh, you know, and I, I just believe that um, that I'm only here, honestly, the way I'm here because of Jesus. Yeah. He is the only, only thing, okay. only reason that I'm able to even talk about forgiveness. I, I do have one more part of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, Barbie and I were married. We had two kids. We were living in Houston. I was on a church staff serving faithfully and happily and successfully. And um, we had an evangelist that came by the church and was speaking on a couple nights, I think. And this particular man had a dad that was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And he shared part of his testimony in that in the service I was listening to, he said, um, "I was, I was only loving. I was only going to love my dad, if he got better. He got better. Yep. And and then he said, I got convicted, and God convicted me that I was withholding grace and mercy Amen. from my parent." Yep.
1: And God gave it to me freely. Yeah. So God, my, God didn't wait for us to clean up our lives no. before he loved us, while we were yet it, sinners. It wrecked me that That's night. That's awesome. And That's I thought,
2: good. my dad, I have <clears throat> I've held my dad hostage yeah. <clears throat> for so many reasons, yeah. but... And actually holding yourself hostage. And holding myself Ho- holding hostage. Holding on to
1: that bitterness. Yes. And, and what it does to you. And you, it,
2: you know what? You didn't really see it mm-hmm. outwardly, mm-hmm. but I knew it was there. Yep. So I'll never forget, I at the end of that service, um, I told my wife going home, I said, I've got to, I've got to call my dad, and uh, wow. I need to beg his forgiveness. So I called him, and my dad, you know, so funny, he's like, well, Rick, uh, sounds like you need to make a trip to Arkansas. We really, you know, started living in Houston. Yeah. So I drove up to Arkansas, and he took off work. We sat in his little apartment. He had become single again, mm. was living alone, and I remember we – went and got lunch and we're sitting in his apartment and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm telling you brother to ask my dad for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. In some ways I feel like he, he needed to ask me for forgiveness. you know, he wanted but But he did. That's not not your responsibility. (laughs) So I just said, dad, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I explained what I had heard in that message and we both started crying Mm. and that was like a turning point in our relationship. Now, did my dad clean up his act? No. In fact, but it, it gave me an opportunity to step into his life and I helped him get into some rehabs. Um, his employer finally said, you know, Dick, we, uh, Dick Briscoe is his name. He said, we, we love you, Dick. And we appreciate the service you've given our company, but we can't, we can't afford to send you to rehab anymore. Mm. So he kind of spent his, all his chips there. So, um, I didn't know what to do, but I was able to get in my dad's life and kind of helped him find a place in Arkansas and it was a church ministry. And um it was a a kind of a charismatic uh encampment kind of, you know, this couple that just loved to minister to the down and out. Yeah. And my dad was certainly down and out. And I remember talking to Dr. Jack Graham about it. I said, "Pastor, I'm I'm kind of nervous about putting my dad in this in this, yeah, yeah. in this place, you know, he's a kind of staunch Catholic. I don't even know if he really knows the Lord sincerely, and I'm just a little nervous it's going to... And I remember Pastor Graham said, Rick, wildfire is better than no fire. Mm. He said, get him there. Get him there, yeah. <laughs> and so I took him okay. there, and uh, and my dad loved it. Oh, he, I got him a Bible. Um when when he passed away several years later I got that bible and and there were underlinings and highlighted you know highlighted areas so you know uh, I did have an opportunity to to talk to my dad about Jesus and about the gospel and placing his trust not in himself but in 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 the lord and he of course he cussed like a sailor and he's you know blah 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 blanky blank he said rick i've done that you know i've 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 given the lord my life and so I believe my dad is in heaven today, mm. um, and uh, I'm so thankful that we we made peace with our, in our relationship. Um, and so, I would encourage you know any guys listening, even right now, if there's tension between you and your dad or or you and a spiritual father, uh, to make it right. You yeah. know, I'm just, it's, I'm so thankful now looking back that I was obedient to step into that yeah. awkward space. Yeah. And just seek my father's forgiveness. Yeah.
1: And uh, I just had a conversation with a young man whose dad is in a similar situation. Yeah. And I told him, I said, um, you know, you've got to have the conversation with your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, it's it's not your responsibility to change your dad, but it is an opportunity to have the conversation and you need to have it. And it's yeah. just, it's, it's so fearful as a young man to, to sit down and have a conversation with your dad oh, about yeah. something tough, about something difficult. Right. And, You know, you just your dad should have all the answers, and your dad should be strong. Uh You know what I mean. And so, when you're when you're the younger one who understands, and you have to sit down with an older person and Mm -hmm. have a difficult thing, it's a it's a really difficult place to be.
2: And Um, I would say, Dan, too, that it's not our responsibility. I mean, there it's kind of like sharing the gospel. mm -hmm. You know, they always teach us just be obedient to share. It's you know, the decision is the Lord's going to deal with that. And I think a lot of times when we when we have hard conversations. Let's just say, in this case, with our family, with our parents, um, you know we we want to be we want the result to be positive. Exactly. But many times it's not. But I tell you, where it is positive, in your own heart. That's right. When you walk away from that tough conversation, even if you're rejected, at the end of the day, there's healing in Uh, your heart. The
1: freedom that comes from forgiveness. (laughs) Yes. Of forgiving somebody, letting go, and and not. Not holding that over them, like, "Hey, if you ask for forgiveness, I'll forgive you no, exactly no, no. That, right you forgive, yeah, you move on, mm-hmm. and whatever they do that's that's their decision, that's what they have yeah. to do, so so in my own awesome.
2: life, you know, in marriage and family, mm-hmm. I believe, and this is not in any way to sound puffed up, but it's it's humbling to think that I mean, there were generations of infidelity generations of divorce generations of addiction in my family heritage and i'm just so thankful today that you know although i'm a sinful man Mm -hmm. god really uh reached down and kind of broke the chain in 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 my heritage with my little family and now i feel like um you know our seven grandkids that will that will carry the mantle on i pray that they will uh They'll know that Jesus is their source; that He's the only way yep. uh, for healing and um, a full life. He really is the only way, yeah. and so I'm thankful that uh, that there's been some healing in our family. You know, through through our obedience, really, to trust the Lord and to walk with Him humbly and faithfully every day. Amen. And not that there's not, you know. Oh yeah, yeah no, little, little bumps yeah, in the road. always bumps Gee is, you know, but, uh, but that's awesome.
1: And then, that, and that's, um, and I'm glad you you took the time to share this. I know it wasn't easy. Well, I, it's, you know, but but uh, there's there's other young men out there um, that are in similar situations, there's no doubt about and it. they just need a word of encouragement, a yeah. word of truth, and a word of, I think that just the reality that that there there can be a change. Um, but that mm-hmm. change isn't just cleaning myself up and stopping drinking or doing, right? That, no. That change is a whole life transformation that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. That's that it. That comes from an, a new life in Christ. That's it. And then once once God is your father, right, then it, it re-explains and re-examines everything, mm-hmm. and you're able to deal with life in a different way. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's where it all starts. So. I totally agree.
2: That's Dan, right. thank you for letting me share. Thank and, you, that. Let's let's talk again. Sometime. I appreciate appreciate your time. <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website trainingformanhood.com. That's training the number 4 manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.